Hi, I'm Tony Mala, and welcome to the ASA Podcast, a program for automotive professionals that helps keep you ahead of what's now, what's new, and what's next in the business of automotive service and collision repair. This podcast is brought to you by the Automotive Service Association, dedicated to driving your success. And we'll be sharing information, insight, and inspiration that will not just help you make a living, it will help you make a difference. Hi, I'm talking today with Heather Mosier, the Director of Technology Development at Cooper Tire and Rubber Company. She's been with Cooper for nearly 25 years and has successfully overseen and executed the development of several award-winning tires, including those that have been selected as original equipment on Mercedes-Benz SUVs. Heather, who holds degrees in chemical engineering and manufacturing management, is going to talk about key components of tires and why they are or should be important to your customers. Heather will also talk about the technical trade-offs tire developers make when designing tires for specific vehicles and driving conditions. And finally, Heather's going to address some upcoming trends in the tire design driven by consumer needs and the latest automotive technologies. Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tony. Glad to be here. Glad you could take the time to be with us. You know, I've been wanting to talk to a tire engineer for a while. A lot of our service dealers do sell tires, but they're not actually tire stores. And we like to provide them with as much information as possible to help their customers make the right decision. But before we get into that, I'd like to talk a little bit about you. What sparked your interest in chemical engineering and manufacturing management anyway? Actually, Tony, growing up, I always had a lot of interest kind of in the math and science classes. And as I approached getting into college, it was one of those things. It's actually kind of hard to pick a specialty, but by going with chemical engineering allowed me, you know, a breadth of opportunities coming out of college. And that's, that's really what I was looking for. And then the manufacturing management was a program that I got into through Kettering University, actually, after I started full-time at Cooper. And I was on board for a couple of years and, and realized that, you know, I really wanted to probably pursue at some point in my career kind of the manufacturing or management path. So that's kind of what led me down that degree path from a master's standpoint later in my career. Well, interesting. Why did you decide to work on tires specifically rather than some other products? So great question. Heading into college, I picked a degree program that required a co-op program. And I actually onboarded with Cooper as a co-op early in my degree program at the University of Cincinnati. And in doing that, I was able to learn how complicated and complex the tires actually are. So I guess going into school, I didn't really target the tire automotive industry. It was something that kind of happened upon during the co-op process. But once I got into it and spent several terms at Cooper doing this co-op experience, I realized it was something that I really had a passion around, something that I could feel challenged as I worked day to day. And it just really kind of grew on me, if you will. What's your favorite part of the tire development process? What fascinates you about it? There's lots of parts, Tony, that I enjoy, but a big part of it is really the challenge of coming up with unique engineering solutions to solve for the needs of our customers and the end consumers. And it's also very motivating to participate in the process of development in the final product acceptance uh, during evaluation. So, so meeting with those customers or consumers at the end of the process and letting them actually experience the product you've developed is, is very fulfilling. Well, that's great. It sounds like you've found a job you love. And how's that saying go? If you find a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. So congratulations on that. You know, tires are so important. Obviously, it's those four contact patch points are the only contact the vehicle has with the road. And in a lot of states that our shops do business in, there are actual inspection programs that the cars have to go through. So they're constantly looking at tires. 
What do you consider to be the key components of a tire and which ones do our customers need to know about when they're looking to replace their tires? So I would echo your comment and I would actually say one of the first things I would say as a key component is that tread contact patch or in the tire industry, you may hear people refer to it as, as the footprint. So to your point, it's what's in contact with the road. But the type of the rubber that we select or the rubber material that we select for that application and the geometry of that is really critical to how a tire performs. And it's the only part of the vehicle system that's in contact with the road surface, if you will. So it is extremely important, as you mentioned before. Secondly, I would say that the carcass or the internal structure is extremely important because it allows the tire to be durable in all types of terrain. And it also transfers the vehicle steering inputs to that contact patch, which we mentioned, which allows the vehicle to actually interact with the road surface. So if I were to pick, you know, key components, I would say first that tread contact patch and the materials and the construction that go into it. And secondly, again, the carcass or that internal structure. Mm. What are some of the trends today in tire design and how has tire design been impacted by things like electric vehicles or autonomous vehicles? Anything we need to know about there? There's a ton of work going on in the industry developing low mass and high performing tires that really deliver to consumers for whatever their given segment is. So whether they're an off-road enthusiast or you know an automotive enthusiast who likes to do track day events, there's a breadth of technologies going into all those different areas. So to say that there's one single trend, there isn't one, but there's just a lot of work going on in that space. New sales of electric vehicles are really expected to grow significantly, I would say in the next five to 10 years. And with that comes the desires for increased levels of range, because we're talking about batteries. So range is very important increased levels of tread wear, traction, and something people don't really think about that in-vehicle noise comfort is something that's going to become very prevalent as we start migrating into that electric vehicle space. That I can understand. I fixed a lot of squeaks and rattles when I was working as a service manager by simply installing a radio. So I know that uh, electric vehicles (laughs) are incredibly quiet. Yeah. I know tire inflation pressure and tire design are important for fuel economy. Do the same rules apply for electric vehicles? Yes. I mean, if you look at it, inflation pressure is the number one thing that you can do uh, to maintain that for range in a vehicle. I mean, there's also a lot of material design and construction things that come into play that lower the hysteresis components of that tire, which really are kind of the heat buildup characteristics. Uh, So we do a lot of things there from a material and construction development. But from a consumer standpoint or mechanic standpoint or somebody kind of that end user, I would say the one thing that you can do to help keep that range or fuel economy, if you don't have an electric vehicle up, is to really maintain the proper inflation pressure of your tires. Yeah, it's so important. We always hammer on that. And it's made a little bit easier these days, I think, with the TPMS systems that alert the consumer that there is a problem. But I've noticed myself when the temperature changes, we live in a fairly warm climate here in Texas. As soon as the fall hits, the first thing I have to do is turn out all of the uh, TPMS lights because the tire pressure has dropped five pounds just from the temperature. So yeah, it can be critical. Definitely. Question, do you ever talk to automotive technicians when you're developing new tires? I would say, Tony, at Cooper, we do, you know, we do a ton of research to understand the views of a lot of people throughout the, the installation and the use of tires, throughout the whole tire life, if you will, because it's really important that we get a broad view of our stakeholders and the target audience. You know, people drive Coopers all over the world, and we're interested in insights from several different sources, whether it's the mechanic at the, at the installation process or at a, a tire maintenance check or vehicle maintenance check. It's very important. So obviously the mechanics and those auto shop owners are are very valuable resources to us because they are really the kind of the key 
to building the relationships with our consumers. Well, I know our members get lots of questions when they're talking to their customers about tires. And one of the things I don't think we really do understand, what kinds of technical trade-offs do tire developers have to make? For example, if you're trying to increase tire grip, somebody wants something that's, you know, really grips the road, what might you have to give up in tire tread wear, for example? As technology evolves, and I can tell you from the engineering and design standpoint, we're challenged every day uh, by our product marketing groups who are in touch with the consumers. They don't want any trade-offs. So it is a challenging area to be in, but a couple examples to your point on some possible trade-offs. We mentioned the, the grip versus wear. If you look at a, a very high level of grip or traction capability, let's say like a summer high performance tire, the materials and the construction and the tread pattern that go into that type of tire aren't going to be as conducive as say maybe a, an all season broadline type product to achieving those long levels of tread wear, whether it's, it's 50,000 miles, 60,000 you know, plus mm -hmm. when you look at those high performance summer tires that are really geared towards grip, you know, you're probably looking at more tread wear in that, probably that 30,000 mile range. So there are trade-offs there. Another example of a trade-off we'd have to make as a tire developer, when you think about winter tires, right? You need something that's it's very soft and compliant in that contact patch and all weather conditions to allow you to maximize your, your snow and your ice and your wet handling. In doing that, you also make that area of the pattern a little bit more compliant. So a person needs to understand that a winter tire isn't going to perform as crisply in aggressive type handling maneuvers as, say, a summer or typical all-season product because we have geared that tire to perform at a much higher level in a winter application. So those are two examples of some trade-offs that we typically need to understand. We need to try to minimize those trade-offs during the design and development process, but those are two typical trade-offs that people could be aware of. Well, I'm familiar with the grip versus tread wear. The reason I asked that question, I, I did have some experience with racing uh, a while ago with my former employer who uh, sponsored one of the NASCAR trucks. And I learned a lot about the fact that, yeah, they grip great, but we have to put four sets of tires on in two hours, you know, because they tend to wear so quickly. There is a correlation. It's nice to know that. Yep. You had mentioned when I was reading up on your uh, on your background that you had developed original equipment tires that were selected by Mercedes-Benz SUVs, which in and of itself is impressive. But do you have any one tire that you helped develop that you're especially proud of? Obviously, being in the tire industry as long as I have, it's hard to pick one, Tony. Um, <laughs> but one that I would say, you know, this still has a, a very good market acceptance from a volume standpoint. It's a great seller for Cooper. I didn't uh, work on it as an engineer, but I led the team uh, several years ago that developed our Cooper Discover STT Pro product. That is really Cooper's most extreme off-road tire. It's got an ArmorTech 3 construction for added durability. We've got various aspects there that really kind of help maximize performance in the off-road application. And we spent a lot of time during the development of that product working with the end users to really understand what that tire needed to be. And Tony, we even went so far as to take the development process for that tire all the way to Australia with one of our key customers that sells a Cooper product in that area and had them put the tire when it was in the prototype stage through the paces through the outback on Australia to really ensure that we were putting a world-class product in the market. So like I said, it's hard to pick one, but that's one that comes to mind that hopefully some of the people on this podcast can relate with because the tire has been out in the market for a while. And I would say from a product performance standpoint, it's, it's a standout in our off-road applications for Cooper. 
Well, I know off-road's got to be one of the toughest environments to operate in, I'm sure. And I can't think of a better place to test a tire than the Australian Outback, I got to tell you. As we talked about when I started the podcast, you know, our members get lots of questions from their customers. How can we help our customers understand tires better? What tips can you offer? I think the best thing your listeners can do, Tony, is to help us through the education piece. Mm -hmm. Really helping those, those customers understand the importance of using the correct tires for the vehicle application, you know, whether it's a, you know, a work truck or just an everyday commute vehicle, understanding what that correct tire is for the application. And then also ensuring that we're matching the, the proper load carrying capacity and speed rating that's required by the vehicle. Those three things are very important. I'd also say the listeners can really help reinforce the importance of proper tire maintenance and safety to ensure that their end customers really get the most out of the tires they purchase. As we mentioned, simple things like checking your inflation pressure, getting tire rotations on a regular interval, and maintaining proper vehicle alignment can go a long way into maximizing that tire purchase, if you will. I mean, for most people, the tire purchase isn't something they look forward to. So obviously, we want to be able to make sure they select the right product, get it in the right application, and that they're really able to maximize the performance and longevity of the tire in that application. And I would assume the best advice that they can get is on that door sticker that tells them what the OEM has put on the car, right? Exactly. If you look at that placard, um, a lot of times it's on kind of the, the end jam, if you will, on the driver's side door, older vehicles, it may be in the glove box or in that center console. But yeah, that should tell you exactly, you know, the intended tire size, uh, the load index, the intended inflation pressure, and the speed rating for what was designed to be placed on that vehicle. That touches on a point that I know I've heard myself when I was working in the shop. A lot of times the tires will have a recommended pressure on the sidewall. The consumer should go with the recommended tire pressure on the tire sticker on the door jam, right? Rather than what's on the sidewall. So Tony, right. That's a great point. And actually we may get into that a little bit during the October 7th webinar. What is typically on the sidewall of a tire is the maximum inflation pressure. So it's like a do not exceed point for that tire. It is not the recommended inflation pressure. And the reason for that is because that inflation pressure, air is really kind of what carries a load in the tire. And the, the vehicle manufacturers have calculations and tools available to them that understand what is the proper inflation to that said tire size should be at for this vehicle application. So absolutely, you need to go on the placard and not simply use that maximum pressure that is stated on the sidewall of the tire. You would touch on also the tire rating. What is a tire rating? How does that work? Well, there are two ratings. So there's a load capacity rating and typical numbers you will see for that on a tire could be in the low 90s all the way up into the, the 120 levels for a light truck application. And that number equates to the, the maximum load. It's an index, if you will, the maximum load that a tire can carry. More specifically in that fine print on the sidewall of the tire, where you see the inflation pressure, there will also be a maximum load capacity for that tire. So that index, which is usually a larger number on the sidewall, is an index that relates to that smaller fine print stamping on the sidewall of the tire that really tells you how much load that tire can carry. Mm. The second rating that you'll see is typically a letter designation. You'll maybe see an S, a T, an H, V, W, Y, depending on the tire. That's the speed rating. And that essentially equates to a, a miles per hour that that tire was designed to operate within, if you will, or not to exceed, similar to the, the inflation pressure metric that's on the sidewall. So the faster you're driving, the higher the rating needs to be, right? Correct. And the vehicle manufacturer, it's somewhat linked to the vehicle speed. So you may not necessarily drive 
let's say 90 plus miles an hour. So you may say, well, I don't need to say what's on the vehicle, but it's really what the vehicle is designed for. So you really need to ensure that when you replace tires on a vehicle, that you look at that vehicle placard and look at that load index number and the speed rating number and ensure that the new tire you're putting on the vehicle is either equal to or superior to that value that's on the placard. We do have that webinar coming on, on October 7th. I know we're going to take a deep dive into some of the things we've been discussing to help our members better understand, and again, better to inform their customers when they're selecting tires, what they should be doing. Tire sizes, I know, should be consistent on all four corners. I know we see some vehicles that have larger tires in the rear, some of the more exotic vehicles, for example. But for the most part, the daily drivers have all four tires the same size, right? Correct. Yeah, you will see some what we call mixed fitment applications in some higher-end, more performance-oriented type vehicles. But to your point, the, the typical daily driver typically has the, uh, the same size on all four positions. Again, if it is intended to be different, it'll show up on that placard sticker on the vehicle door jam. Hmm. Well, this has all been great stuff. Heather, I want to thank you for your time today. Again, I want to talk a little bit about the October 7th webinar. I know we're going to be talking a lot more in depth and I'm actually looking forward to a deeper conversation and uh, happy that you're able to make the time for us. So we're looking forward to that. I am too as well, Tony. I guess one thing I'd ask maybe you potentially, I'm still working to kind of put the material together for this. What, I mean, what do you think the listeners on your podcast would like to hear more about? Well, again, remember that we're going to be talking to average people, customers, that to them, the vehicle is largely an appliance. So I think it's incumbent upon our members and anyone servicing tires, really, to make sure that they understand and can explain in simple terms some of the concepts that we discussed today. Again, the difference in the speed rating of the tire. What do you really need? And a lot of times by simply looking at the vehicle, the service dealer or the technician is in a better position to make an assessment, you know, knowing how the customer drives, that sort of thing, and as to what type of tires they need. For example, most customers I know are driving essentially on all season tires. That seems to be a pretty standard fitment from the factory, except on the high performance vehicles, things like Corvettes. Am I right about that? I would say for the U.S. market, you're absolutely right. Once we start getting into the global market and looking at somewhere like, say, like Europe, uh, maybe not as much, but for the U.S. market, definitely, I would say it's predominantly an all-season all season market. Hmm. And again, one of the other things I know we're going to want to take a look at in October is you had mentioned about the load carrying capacity and coupled with some of the comments you made about the light truck market, I would imagine if you're doing a lot of towing, a lot of our customers have boats, for example, and some of them fairly large trailers. And I would imagine that should factor into the decision when you're buying tires, right? Absolutely. The tires, you know, need to be able to handle the, the worst case application you're going to throw at them, not necessarily your, your normal everyday application. But, you know, to your point, if once a month I'm, you know, I'm hauling a load that's 25% greater load than what I typically would, then we need to make sure we've got a tire that's it's rated for that application and not just their, their everyday use. Well, this is all great advice. And again, I'm looking forward to taking a deeper dive in October. But again, from your experience, we'd also be interested to hear perhaps some of the things that you've seen or you've heard about some of the questions maybe you get from your customers that are buying the tires for their customers to better help them understand what the various markings mean on the side of the tire. And again, how to explain that in, in fairly simple terms uh, to the end user so that everyone's comfortable with the purchase. That's great input, Tony. Thank you. Well, again, Heather, I want to thank you for your time today. Again, this has been great. We will look forward to the October 7th webinar. 
We have been talking with Heather Mosier, Director of Tire Technology at Cooper Tire and Rubber Company. And again, Heather is a tire engineer, so we know we're going to be getting great advice and a lot of in-depth knowledge when we get to our webinar series. So Heather, thank you again for your time. Thank you, Tony. Thanks for the opportunity today. You too. Have a great day. You too. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you're brand new to the ASA podcast or if you've been here before, I encourage you to subscribe so you won't miss some of the great things we have coming up in our future episodes. Just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and you'll be good to go. If you enjoy our podcast and find our content valuable, make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening to this. And if you're an automotive service facility shop owner listening to this podcast and you'd like to know more about ASA, I invite you to visit our website at asashop.org. I'm Tony Mala, and thanks for listening.